25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And admittedly, admittedly, we're coming into the show with a different energy than we expected to come into the show with. Obviously, just like playing Carolina, it's a tough opponent after having lost to Chicago. I think we both kind of thought that maybe this podcast would potentially have a little bit of like a a stench to it perhaps today. But the only stench that it has to it um, is whatever stench Tony D'Angelo left on it. But other than that, like feeling pretty good coming into the show. How are you, friend? No, that smell is victory. That smell is a 6-0 victory for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I mean, I just did not see that one coming from a mile away. You know, I I never discount the ability to win any game, but that is one that, like, you don't don't win 6-0 very often. And you especially don't do it over a team like the Canes very often. So uh, definitely glad that we got over that kryptonite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no you you asked you asked how I was and like before the game today I was like kind of stressed out and like really tired and just kind of over it because it's Thursday and um you know and then as like you said we were kind of anticipating that this game was not gonna go in our favor for a, a couple of different reasons um but from the get it just really turned my whole day around i'll tell you what i'm still tired (laughs) oh i'm definitely so tired i cannot wait to fall face first into my bed after we are done recording yeah did not cure my exhaustion but it definitely did give me some good vibes and some good energy it's gonna be a good sleep tonight so uh i feel i feel pretty good i get to break out I don't know if y'all caught the hint last time, but tomorrow is my last day in COVID isolation because I entered COVID protocol on January 4th. And in Michigan, you have the pleasure of being isolated. I guess I shouldn't say in Michigan. I guess I should say for my circumstance, I have the pleasure of being isolated for 10 days as opposed to the five days that the CDC did for the whole asymptomatic COVID stuff. Because y'all remember when I lost my voice? Not COVID. Somehow not COVID. But this, nothing. COVID. Um, so yeah, tomorrow is my last day and I actually think I want to go see Kent Johnson play tomorrow. So I'm like, that's like how I'm going to break out of COVID isolation, which feels pretty apropos. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) might as well just tell, I have also been in isolation, as you know, Jeremy and I are best friends. So prior to him moving to, uh, Michigan, we spent quite a bit of time together and so, uh, even though it, it took much longer for me to find out, um, I have also been in isolation. Uh, and tomorrow I get to break out too. I'm really sorry that Ken Johnson doesn't play in Columbus. No, it's okay. I get to go see our tattoo artist tomorrow and drop off oh. my deposit for my next tattoo. So oh, I should probably Venmo you $40 so you can do the same for me. Yeah, I don't have anything planned it. for that day, but I figure <laughs> I'll probably get something, so I might as well. <laughs> I'm doing it for a friend of the podcast, Becky, as well. So, and potentially, if Aaron gets her approval back 
maybe for Aaron. So be dropping just, all sorts of cash at our tattoo artist. So Becky made me think of Aunt Becky, which like girl go to jail, but then also made me think of Bob Saget, and then I got sad. Oh my god, I keep watching clips about Bob Saget and just crying. Just did you see the one of him and John Stamos on? I think it was Fallon, and he's like. I hope that happens where they're talking about like being the old crotchety men that are in a balcony. It was Jimmy Kimmel. It was Kimmel, okay. Because Jimmy Kimmel did a whole monologue about Bob Saget and I wept the entire time. But yeah, they talked about becoming the old people from the Muppets. Right. And then someone else wrote this like beautiful thing about how if anyone deserved old age like old manhood it was bob saget and like it just just tears they played the full house theme song the other night at the game that we of course we only heard from television because we were both locked in our homes but um yeah I, just, that one hurt i mean betty white hurt but she was 99 almost 100 years old correct like Bob saying it was out of nowhere. It was. Well, and like, it is just so shocking. Like, it's just like, it's well, whatever, he's, not, I don't, he's not that old. He's only a couple years older than my parents. Like, so, you know, and you have lost a parent. So, I was going to say, is that even true? I thought he was 61. No, he's 65. Ah, uh, got it. So, he's like two years older than my dad. Fair. I don't know why when you said that I was like, no, I feel like he was, I feel like he was older than your parents um, or like a lot older than your parents. But, um, but yeah, I just, yeah. Wild. That hurt. I also need the, again, I, I know I, I don't think I've said this on the show, but I feel like I have where I'm like, I just want to have a sit down conversation with the DJ at nationwide arena. <laughs> and what did they play after? What did they play after the golden girls theme song? And that I was like, that's not tasteful. What was it? After the Golden Girls? Oh, yeah, because we were there. We were at the game. Um, Might have been where we got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. Because some people don't know how to wear a mask at Nationwide Arena. Um, but yeah, I... What God, what are they it? playing? It was super inappropriate. It had something to do with death. It wasn't. It wasn't last resort, was it? <laughs> no, no. Because they have done that before, where it's like an inappropriate time to play it, Correct. where they were like, "Cut my life." It no, this is supposed to be like a happier song. You were not. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was definitely something about like it was something about death, and I was just like, I just feel like that's not tasteful. Hello, um, darkness, my old friend. That would have been more tasteful. There are definitely moments where I think they should play that in the arena, but but yeah, no, they. Yeah, I will say Last Resort is the song that we play in the car on the way home from Terrible Games. Yeah, like the seven four Hurricanes loss blared it. Yeah, we it was loud Full in the volume. car, which it we actually also ran out of gas too. Yeah, and then there really would have been a lot of Last Resorts happening, but that also had a weird feel to it because it was still light outside when we were playing it. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> it's weird to play sad music when the sun is still out, even though it wasn't really out because it was raining. Oh God, that's right. It was raining. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, if anyone the... remembers what that song was after the Golden Girls theme song, that was 
inappropriate. It was, so bad. it was so bad. I was like, are we really doing this right now? But, and they did. And they did do that right then. So it is what it is. Um, I currently, another another way to catch up on my life, um, I'm trying to like salvage the last of my ADHD medication because I can't get any more. And so if I'm ever really spacey on the show over the course of the next couple of weeks, y'all know why. Yes, folks. In case you um, are prescribed a controlled substance, you cannot transfer that prescription over state lines. Do you know what I thought about? I was like, what's the most northern Ohio city that I could get this transferred to? I'm like, Toledo? Like, like, But then I was like, no, because that's like even... Like, I'm like, what can I go straight south (laughs) with the least amount of time? And what terrible town is it? Like, what town am I going to get in trouble in? But I was like, do you think I can make it happen? I think I could. I think there are options, at least until we get you another doctor. I'm just... Oh, God. Yeah, no, wait. The closest city is, I guess, probably... Oh, God, there are no cities. There's a second West Jefferson in Northwest Ohio. Because I guess you can only have... You can't have too many Northwestern... Or no, not not see what I mean? It's happening. It's happening on the show right now. It is um, happening. I guess you don't need to just have one of one city in a state. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the blue jackets. <laughs> you know, anyway, so Jeremy's medication about. is quickly dwindling. And Laura's not medicated for it, even though she should be. So this is gonna be a shit show of a podcast for the next month or so. Can we imagine what I would be like if I was though? I mean, I probably will be eventually, but like. If you were like medicated, no, I feel like the show would, yeah, the show would be 31 minutes every week and we would just like be so so tacky. I'd have like a board with like bullet points on it. Like, it's probably not a bad idea for us generally to have that for who we are as people. I don't know. I kind of think the banter is fun. I mean, the banter is that might just be manic me that's unmedicated. Everybody who's listening at home that's neurotypical is like, will you talk about fucking hockey? Um, No, we won't actually. We won't talk about hockey. This is actually the first podcast we're going to do that we don't talk about hockey during. It reminded me, I do need, I have never showed them my my new hockey tattoo. She's all healed now. Is she healed up? My Ohio one is still a little bit like scabby, which I thought was kind of sca- like not scary. That's dramatic, but like see, weird. mine I think I aggressively made heal because it's right where like I wear my Converse. Oh, so, so like, like... <laughs> it's it's basically been healed by fire. It's like oh, you're just gonna rub all of what was right. supposed to just gracefully come off yeah, you... off with your shoes. Good it's job. Like a Brillo pad to your ankle. Because, yes, for some reason, since I've been in my house for 10 days, I still put shoes on because it makes me feel productive. Do you really? Yeah, I don't. I haven't worn shoes in days. So, don't know what that's like. Actually, that's not true. I did, like, open my door to get something. And I was like, I don't want anybody to see my toes if (laughs) they walk by me. (laughs) So, I did put on shoes. Because socks weren't an option, I guess. But... (laughs) This is really funny, and I promise we'll we'll talk about hockey after this, but I just noticed it on our stream. So for anyone who would like this great podcast fodder, but I have a collarbone tattoo, and I have recently started a new job where still unsure about the feelings towards tattoos. (laughs) So I 
cover mine on camera when I'm on Zoom. Well, today, because I'm wearing a very certain shirt, today we had a staff meeting and I was sitting there and I was looking at myself and I was like, oh no, <laughs> you can definitely see part of yeah. my tattoo. Now it looks like so, you actively have stitches in your collarbone. No, I know. And so I ever so slowly just took my hand and like just sort of went like that. How'd it go? Just, that's just how I chilled for like the rest of the meeting. Was Did like you get caught. What? Did you get caught? I didn't. I also just don't use my right. Like I don't raise my right arm like on video calls. Yes, because I also have a giant forearm tattoo on yes. my right arm. Dude, you are fucked when you go back into the office. If you're really that worried about it. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. The girl who like hired me has a bunch of tattoos, but um, she doesn't work there anymore. So yeah, I'm sure she doesn't work there anymore because she has tattoos. No, she's very fancy and is going to grad school in London. So fair enough. But so yeah, no, but I, I just thought that was funny because I just noticed it. I love normally when you can notice it because a lot of times you can't see my collarbone tattoo. So and it's one of my favorite tattoos. So tough what are you gonna do when you get that teardrop that you're planning on Mackenzie? just like the what just right here on my face i'm not seeing you put a teardrop somewhere else laura oh my god you're causing a spiral because i was on tiktok today as i always am and there is this comedian who has face tattoos and he was like talking to his audience and he goes just so you are, just so you are all aware, I also know that it was a mistake that I got my face tattooed. <laughs> I think some of them look good, like like Mackenzie's look no, great. Like his looked, like, his looked good too. Like he was a very attractive man with face tattoos, and our tattoo artist has beautiful face tattoos. And um, but he was just like. I don't regret all of them, just the one. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, though. <laughs> Fair. You got to keep that close to the best. So, but I just thought that was funny. I have always wanted to get something behind my ear. But yeah. Victoria would lose her mind. What she don't know won't kill her. You act as if she would not see it. I think you could find a way to keep it from her. A band-aid, perhaps? Yes. Why do you just have a large bandage on your I was side? Curling, of your I was curling my hair, got the curling iron right there, knocked it. I don't know. I think we can make it happen. But nope. uh, <laughs> what the Blue Jackets couldn't make happen a couple nights ago is a win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Probably yes. won't spend I a ton of time. I forgot that we had to about, talk about that game. I know. I was like, we're 15 minutes into the show and haven't talked about hockey. We have to cover two games and talk about what's next. So we probably should do it at some point. And I guess that time is now, friends, because, yeah, I we really don't have to spend a ton of time on that game because there's really not a ton really like to take away from it other than the fact that it was a really frustrating loss. Seth Jones was supposed to make his return to Columbus. There were reports that earlier in the morning skate he had been like pulled off the, or not pulled off the ice but like after the skate he was like taken away and media couldn't get to him and all that kind of stuff so people were like oh he's avoiding the media this out of the other no he had COVID um so he got pulled off and out um you know regardless of what his mom had to say about it and uh he didn't play in that game <laughs> and um and the Blue Jackets ended up losing four to two 
um, Connor Murphy, um, the Columbus, Ohio native, uh, had uh, the game winning goal. So that's sad. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you you basically summed it up. It was it was an incredibly frustrating game. It was not good hockey on our part. We just completely gave up, and it was tough. Um, now what sucks though is the jackets. The jackets did have themselves um, pretty high up on the on the deserve to win o meter. So they that did. and it looked. I mean, it looked like we could have maybe tied it there for a second, and then as per Blue Jackets' way, things escalated and quickly got away from us in the third period. But it just That's was not good to do. It was just not good, and um, yeah, it, yeah, not much. And again, like like Jeremy said, Seth was supposed to return. He now will not play again um, at Nationwide Arena until next season. That is, unless both the Blue Jackets and the Chicago Blackhawks make the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, but like, let's not. <laughs> let's it, not it, it is simply just true. Before they're hatched, like that is just the true statement. It's just let's just not even go there. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no way the Blackhawks are getting there. Yeah, because the 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 postponed game that was supposed to happen in December will happen in Chicago. And so we will, we will play him. He just will not come back um, to Columbus until next season. So he will have to wait for his montage. Just put it in the folder. No doubt. And hopefully sure his mom will them. keep her comments to herself. So I doubt it. Anyway, <laughs> the Blue Jackets rebound from that one. They have – how fun is this, though? Like, the Jackets playing in their first um, – I don't know if they played on ESPN ever before ESPN lost the rights. Because, like, for a period of time, like, right at the beginning of the Blue Jackets franchise, like, ESPN did have NHL rights. I don't know if they ever played um, on ESPN. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. But nevertheless, in this new iteration of the ESPN deal – First time the Blue Jackets are on. Granted, it's on ESPN Plus, so not on the main channel. Uh, it's streamed, but John Bouchagross, Kevin Weeks, Ryan Callahan, all the, the team was phenomenal covering the game tonight. It was a lot of fun just to see that. And for me, I think too, like growing up, I you know every weekday morning, um, and this might come as a surprise to some people, but every weekday morning, Sports Center was all I watched before I went to school. Um, so, so like Steve Levy, um, John Bouchergrass, like really like, just like people who are huge to me in sports. And, and I just love being able to hear them, them call this game. And, um, it was just so much fun. Like it was so much fun. The fanfare of it, the pregame show, it just love me, my hometown, Jeff Rimmer, Jody Shelley, you know, Dave Metzl, love them all. This was Brian and John Luke. Yeah, well. yeah, they're great too. But this was just like different. I mean, like not again. No disrespect to to Brian Gijenschlag or John Luke Grandpierre. Mark Messier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like again. Like I'm not trying to like. 
It no, I completely understand. I think all fans are going to understand exactly what you're saying because it, and I texted this to you during the game to have announcers of that caliber who mainly do announcing for the big guys like the Rangers and Toronto and Vegas and like Colorado and the Lightning like that's where they spend a majority of their time is with those teams that have like the big name players that get all of the attention. And so kind of going into this and kind of how it's been, at least in the time that I've been a fan going into these, like where we're in like the nationally televised games, we are not necessarily the team that they're excited to talk about. Like we are typically the team that is like, even if the games were at nationwide arena, we were still never the team that like the national broadcasters really wanted to talk about. It was always whomever we were playing, you know? And so for me to see this broadcast tonight, for it to be our first appearance on ESPN plus I felt like we got invited to sit at the cool kids table because for the whole time they were so, and it's not that they were not talking well about the hurricanes, but we, for the first time were on an even playing field with another team and they were balancing. And obviously we performed and we'll talk about it we performed really, really well. Like this wasn't just like a fluke where the hurricanes were like super bad and we just so happened to win. Like, no, we actually performed our asses off and like they deservedly gave us the compliments and the, and the commentary that we deserved. And it was just like a weirdly proud moment and for them to be like surprised at certain points like it's been all over um twitter that bucci was he said holy shnikes after one of elvis's saves he said it a couple times too because he said it after i think he said it after patty's goal yeah i think so after line's um laser shot but yeah oh my god (laughs) you know but it just felt so cool to be in that situation and like obviously to see everything after the game that's been on social media by all the major outlets like elvis's face is freaking everywhere so adam Adam mm -hmm. boquist quote tweeted the um video of of him like saving the puck from going into the back of the net. He quote tweeted and said, I owe you this one. And like with two hearts and like added Elvis. He's like, I got you. This is, this is part of an IOU I'm redeeming, but I'm sure Carolina fans actually hated that goal or that call of that game because. He probably did. Yes. um, They hated a lot of things about us um, this evening, but. But yeah, Bucci, I mean, like, let's call it what it is. Like he's a homer. Like uh, he won't admit it like right like he's very neutral like he obviously was giving Carolina their due too but I think I know he went to Wittenberg for undergrad I don't know where exactly he's from in Ohio I don't think he's from Springfield but I know he's from Ohio um so he he's got some he's got some love for the CBJ in his heart he just can't show it so 
He does, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, not a lot to love about tonight if you're a Hurricanes fan, which means that we have a lot to love and talk about. Um, you know, very specifically, I mean, that first period, I mean, my God, I mean, it seemed like, again, the Jackets just absolutely peppering Frederick Anderson with shots. I think at one point it was 19, but then I might have changed it to 18 shots on goal in the first period. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, Frederick Anderson only gave up one. I mean, Frederick Anderson gets pulled from this game, but it's also like one of those situations where like we've talked about in the past with our goalies. And it hasn't happened a ton this year, but it's like not getting pulled because you're playing poorly, but getting pulled because you're you're being left out to dry. And it's like, dude, you got to get out of there before. It yeah, it's your about confidence. preserving. It's about preserving their confidence and their mental state um because we've of, of which seen i'm it. sure jack lahan fontaine has a ton of right now yeah poor kid <laughs> um, arguably that might be a dumber idea to put like the kid in for the first time ever to like eat it like that actually might be a dumber idea than like just letting freddie like yeah it was not not great but um yeah but no i mean yeah they pull him for they pull him after the after columbus's fourth goal um, and I mean, I think any reasonable coach would do that. I mean, we've seen it done with Elvis and with Corpy. Like, you get to that fourth goal, and it's still only the second period. Mm-hmm. Things aren't looking stellar. Yeah, um, so any, but it's still, it was it was tough for their their baby goalie to come in and then still take two more goals from us in his very first like NHL playing time but hey what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kid yeah and he listen Elvis Merzlikens first game seven to two loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins so yeah but we don't talk about that (laughs) but hey like I said like you said what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and hey he did um he faced three shots and he did save one of them so he did yes (laughs) he did I didn't realize we only put three shots on him, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, the Jackets just looked good, right? Like, obviously, they get the first, they get the goal in the first period. That first period ended. Um, <laughs> I should, let's say his name, Emil Bemstrom, who like has really struggled, like, for the first six games he's been, he's been back. I mean, like, he, he gets his first goal of the season. Uh, you know, obviously, like, I think there's probably some valid frustration in the way he's played so far this year, but keeping in mind, like, right, like coming off of a pretty significant injury, uh, you know, only having played in his sixth game tonight. Yeah, he hasn't looked great, but at the same time, like, let's give him a little bit of time. Like, I'm not, like, quite ready to throw up the white flag on the Emil Bemstrom experiment but i'm not like super far away but it was good tonight to see him get a goal and maybe you know what they say about goal scores like just getting one can beget more yeah and and it was i mean it was a good it was a good goal um it was messy but it was yeah good and you know it kicked off the night for jack rosovic um as well so who has also struggled so it was good to see them sort of find each other um on the ice and you know you end a first period up one nothing so you're like okay <laughs> this could you know <laughs> we're, we're happy we're happy but who yeah. knows it goes back to 
it goes back to that thing that we talk about we've talked about before where it's like when you when you tend to like dominate play the way that the Jaguars did in the first period and you only go out of the first intermission with a one goal lead it's like oh shit and especially when you're playing a team at home like or on the road like you're playing them at home and and they've got the ability to lean on their fans for that energy is like you really want to go to that intermission up to nothing three nothing I say that, but, like, also we know how that went last time. So, like, it's just one of those things where you want to kind of, like, extend your lead a little bit. But, man, that, the end of that first period, I know you said you were having some issues with ESPN, like, the app and such. But, like. Yeah, I missed what? the excitement at the end of the first period. I was so. Man, oh, man. Well, so the Jackets had another scoring opportunity to end the period. And, you know, things get a little bit messy you know, around the crease, around Freddie, and uh, everybody had something to say about it. Uh, you know, Eric Robinson got tied up with – I forget who he got tied up with, but they both ended up starting the period in the penalty box uh, for coincidental uh, roughing minors. But then um, – but, yeah, Tony D'Angelo wanted to fight everybody, um, including Oliver Bjorkstrand. Oliver Bjorkstrand had approximately zero desire to do so. And then – Andre Sveshnikov. Oh, okay. Um so then <laughs> Tony D'Angelo pushed Boone Jenner um, when Boone when, was like, he had his back to him. And when I tell you that Boone had the time, like Boone had the, like Boone was okay with, with obliging for, for some violence, but it didn't happen. And, uh, and then the second period, I mean, just as, just as exciting of a period. I mean, a lot of traded, a lot of chances were traded. Um we didn't even talk about Elvis's saves in the first period that were just like God. Oh my God. If you haven't go and look at Elvis's double save in the first period of that game, it is beautiful. I mean, it's just wild. Like it is from side to side, double save, absolute insanity. If it does not make like save of the week, like I do not know. Yeah, it was pretty – it was outstanding. But what else was outstanding was the Jack – I mean, I will say, like, the second period, like, Carolina, like, was ready. Like, Carolina, like, was doing exactly what we were afraid of, right? And that was, like, they were pressuring Elvis. Elvis, again, does not break. And eventually, um, you know, Carolina pushing and pressing leads to a breakaway for Igor Chinikov, who has been given these opportunities a couple times in the season and – a few times he's finished, a few times he hasn't gotten the chance to. A few times he's been called back for outsides. But on this one, um, he finishes, right? Like and he he is confident with his shot, puts it, um, puts a glove side on Freddie and and the Jaggers take a two-nothing lead. And again, that's like one of those goals that is so demoralizing for a team and such as Carolina, because Carolina was pushing impressing i mean carolina was seconds away from tying that game up and and to have an opportunity and to convert on an opportunity like timmy did huge and to, for him to get his third goal uh, you know massive oh and it was such like he was so happy like the smile on his face and he i mean the other thing about chinny is he looks like he's 12 years old so like he looked i mean he's 20 but like he looks like a literal child playing just like the highest level of hockey and that shot i mean that is the shot that got us to draft him that got you know it was textbook chinnikov what we've been waiting for 
And the smile on his face, like he knew everything had lined up and everything was good. And so he could finally like celebrate. And they were talking about that thing that he does where he lifts his one foot. Yeah. And I, and they were calling it the start the Harley or something like that. Oh, yeah. He gets on his Harley. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, the one guy on ESPN was like, um, yeah, I learned it from other Russian players. Like, it's something that they do to, like, trick goalies. And he was like, it works, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if that was Mark Messier or Chris Jellius who said that, but it's but just good. I love know. hockey phrases like that. It just kills me. I learned a lot of different ones tonight from... Those are two. Those are those are a bunch of old time, like not old timers. They're not old, but like they're a bunch of old school hockey guys who who have been around the game for so long. It's just so fun between those two, Kevin Weeks. I mean, it's just fun. The one thing I will say too about Kevin Weeks that I didn't say earlier is like I think it's a really cool thing to have a color analyst be a former goaltender. Like I like hearing him talk about the saves that both Elvis and Freddie were making. You know it was very insightful. Like, I think that's what a color analyst is supposed to do. Right. And, and I think that Jody does that really well in terms of like forwards and like skaters. Right. But like, it was nice to get that different perspective from like a former goalie that can like give you some insights about like just how hard it is to make some of the saves that they make. <laughs> like well, we'll because, watch at like, home and we'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, sure. Like, cool. But in reality, well, it's like, yeah. no, like you don't get it. <laughs> Well, and because, like, as a former goalie, like, he just, he knows how to see the game differently. So, I think that was, like, because obviously, you know, forwards, defensemen, like, they're going up and down the ice. But the goalie has to read the game from one stagnant place and, like, how it looks differently, you know. And so, yeah, like you said, it was just a really kind of cool, different perspective, Um that was nice to the color commentary part of things. Without a doubt. And what else was nice? Um, Patrick Line scored again, which was really great. Nice. What a stupid shot. I mean, Jesus. Just give that third period straight up to the Blue Jackets because it was goals, yeah. goals, 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 goals. It really was. Yeah. Three goals in 67 seconds. So Patty scores. Uh, you know, which is just good. I mean, like anytime, like anytime he scores, I'm always like, this could be the one that sends him over the precipice and he just starts going. Like, that's like what I hope for every single time because it's just like, those shots are crazy. Like Frederick Anderson is no like middle of the road goaltender. Like Frederick Anderson's good. And so it's like that shot's beating everybody. Yeah. That shot is beating everybody. And speaking of a shot that's probably going to be everybody, like Igor Chinnikov gets his second goal of the game, his first two-goal game of his NHL career uh, with a beautiful, like, takes it, like, forehand backhand and then, like, puts it back behind, um, you know, puts it back on his forehand and puts it behind Freddie. And that's the goal, obviously, that, that gets Freddie out of the game. And then 30 seconds later, poor Jack LaFontaine. Um, his very yeah. first shot that he faces in right. the and, and Oliver Bjorkstrand does a good job of, of finding Cole Cylinder gets the puck up the ice and and Cole just finds the puck, tracks down the puck and, and puts it behind LaFontaine and it's just like, oh shit, sorry kid like, I hate to see it but yeah, and, and then Jack Roslovic also 
um, you know, gets an opportunity uh, <laughs> for a breakaway. And, and like, of course, like, right, like two of your first three shots you face in your NHL career breakaways and um, they both convert and good again on Jack to be able to, to get that because he's had a little bit of a rough go of it, you know, here recently. And so he gets an assist earlier in the game on Benstrom's goal. And then he gets himself his a goal of his own. Um, so a two point night for him, two point night, for Chinny, um, you know, a two point night for Bemmer, two point night for Jake Bean quietly, um, two point night for Eric Robinson again quietly. <laughs> like, I, like we're not really thinking about these guys tonight, but I think it's always nice when those guys who you're not really expecting to score all that much are scoring at will. So I was a big fan of of the production tonight. I think any Blue Jackets fan would be. Yeah, this was definitely like. You know, we said the other day that the the win um, against New Jersey was, you know, a big and like a needed boost and like a, a big momentum helper for not only the team, but, you know, for fans and all that sort of stuff. And it definitely was, you know, you lose some of that with a frustrating game against Chicago. But then tonight was the night for just bringing everyone back into the fold like just seeing you know because this again this was not a situation where we just happened to luck out and win the game like we played 60 solid minutes of hockey we were the better team in this circumstance oh yeah and brad larson in his i didn't get to watch it but i read the transcript of his post game interview and he just said he's like we earned this we earned this with our play and our productivity and i'm so happy so happy for the boys because they earned it and this is what he's like this is showing themselves what they're capable of yeah it's a great benchmarking game i mean they kept saying that tonight on the broadcast is it's like when you're a team like the jackets and you're young you want to get these games in because as great as it is to play and play well against teams like the Coyotes or the Kraken or teams like that, right? It's like, how nice is it to, right, to be able to play against some of the league's best? And, and they've done it in the past, right? Like, they struggle best against the Lightning. They really shit the bed a couple times against the Hurricanes in the past. And it's like, now that you have the opportunity to get a test in like this, um, now you got to be happy about it. And personally, the other thing that I'm happy about is uh, the NFL playoffs are here. Laura, did you know that? The NFL playoffs are here. They're happening this weekend. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wild card team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wild card weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes, DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Uh, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. All you're going to have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN. 
this wild card weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That might be the first time I've read that disclaimer without taking a breath. Love that for me. Uh, but now I'm like winded, right? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? But but yeah, I. the one thing we didn't touch on either, the Jackets play this game without Jakob Voracek, who gets added to code protocol. So Alexander Texier plays his first game back. Jakob Voracek is nowhere to be seen because he's in COVID protocol, which sucks. Um, yeah, there was like a 20-minute time period today where the Blue Jackets had no one on COVID protocol. I know, and then and Jeff Savota was like... <laughs> our friend Jeff. <laughs> it's like, look, they don't have anyone on COVID protocol. And then it was like, you know, oh, Yaku Warcheck isn't at, at practice. <laughs> Do you think he knew? Do you think in the back of his head he was like, shit? <laughs> like, like, this is not. I think not so. Good. I think at, the, at this point, anytime where you're like, oh, this person, like, and then it's like, oh, they, you know, and it, we should have probably presumed that was Seth. The other day, but it also just felt more fun to believe for a minute that he was being super fucking shady. Um, what do you mean? It's more fun to give into an emotion about a past player who left than it was to think logically. To just be like, he probably has COVID. Um, That's weird. But but yes, we did. You know, for the first time all season. Well, mm, he might have been out one other game for like a ouchie. I feel like he missed it. Yeah, I want to say that he might have. Let me go look. I, that sounds right to me, but it could but be like, wrong. For most, I mean, consistently, Jakob Voracek has been in the lineup. Jakob Voracek is – does he have the highest number of points on the team? He's tied with Holly. So, I mean, for us to play this well, missing one of our anchor pieces, like – Oh, no, this is the first game he missed all year. Oh, Okay. Maybe they were they just thought he might not play a game. Yeah, he missed a practice if you remember right, like a week or so ago, two, well, a week or two ago, and he um, he ended up playing that game, the next game, or maybe we had like, a game postponed. Like maybe like he was hurt and then we had a game postponed. Oh, he just needed like an old man nap. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was a bummer. And I mean, let's just we've been talking about how incredible he was, but like. Let's also just remember that this was Elvis's first game back from an injury. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was ready to go. And he was like, hello, my name is Elvis, and I'm here to kick all of your butts. Yeah, because he was ready to play. Because didn't he back up? He backed up Corby on Tuesday against Chicago, right? Yeah, he backed up Corby, but this was his, like, first time. Right. You know, and he just was like, hello. That's I mean, he knew, he, much like a, a good... You know, social media influencer. Elvis knows how to find his light. And he found it this evening. <laughs> he sure does. He sure does. Which was nice. And whenever somebody finds their light, we have to recognize them as being one of our stars of the game or a star of, of the of the two games that we've had here. And so we'll we'll lump in the Chicago game too. Why not? Come on, get on board. Can't say that anybody's gonna <laughs> score themselves any any kind of bonus points for that game but nevertheless we'll include it and um yeah so i will i'll take this one 
because yeah, you get to go first this time because I went first the last time. Right. I know. Now we're back on track. We know what we're talking about. This is strange for us, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so my, let's go with, I didn't think about this before we started. <laughs> so, oh, well, I'm going to have to say that my third star I'm going to say my third star is Alexander Texier. And I'm going to say that you look at me crazy, Laura, but his first game back off of COVID protocol and he didn't miss a step. I mean, like he looked good. Like he, I do just feel like he has found himself. And again, like what I think we don't talk about enough is like Alex Texier has played 117 games. It feels like he's been in the NHL for forever. Uh, you know, I mean, he makes his first appearance in an NHL game almost three years ago. And in normal circumstances, that player would play, have played over 200 games. But with injury, with COVID, I mean, he's just not nearly as experienced as I think, you know, people think of him as. And he's got 19 points in 30 games this year. He's got 11 goals. I mean, he's playing really well. And for him to come back into the lineup after COVID, uh, you know, he traveled down a day after the team. Uh, he didn't travel with the team down to Carolina, so he traveled down by himself. You know, I don't know. I, I just think that that's big props to him. Um, for me, I think my second star is going to be – you're just going to go with Elvis as your first star, so I have to feel like I shake it up because you get, you have a goalie bias, and anytime a goalie does anything well, you're like, first star goalie. Um, so – I'll say that I'll say that Elvis is my two. Oh, is that you telling me that he's going to be your one? Is that what that is? Um, Elvis is going to be my two. You know, he comes out again, like play, like just extraordinary play, right? Like absolutely keeps the jackets in it for the first couple of periods. And, you know, he doesn't have to make a ton of huge saves in the third period, but nevertheless, I mean, he comes up big. Adam Boquist saves his ass uh, on one, two, which is nice. And, my first star is going to be Gortinikov because first two goal game, both goals, brilliant. What I also didn't touch on, Alexander Texier, this is the ADHD coming in. Alexander Texier deserves the third star if only for the fact that he tried the fire poker move in a regulation, like in regulation of an NHL game. Uh, what, what did Torx always say? Kids got some balls. Kids got some balls. So he was my third star. But yeah, I think just Chinny being able to get out there and do what Chinny does and that's score goals. Hopefully he does a lot of that for the Blue Jackets in his time with the team. Um, and nobody says it better than him. Good goal next. He did, This one was different. This one was nowhere near as put together. Like I, He actually confers with I, what I'm going to probably assume is Elvis and in Russian. And he, I, I think, and I'm making this up because I know no Russian. I think he said, do I have to give a fucking speech again? And Elvis <laughs> said, and Elvis said. It might have been Gavrikov though, because Elvis went, sure. it if you been. watch the video, Elvis walks behind Corpy. Nevertheless. Like, so either way. That's, that's how I imagine it having gone. And I just imagine that whoever it was went, duh. Like, yeah, like you have to, like you do have to give a speech. Because this one he just said, goal next. Like he just said, good game, goal next. Goal next. And so like, I, it was just like, this one was not as put together. He did not rehearse before this well, one. Well, I, I also think. 
don't think that he was expecting to get the Kepe. I very much so think that everyone thought Corpy was going to give it to Elvis. Well, then I was like, why the fuck is Corpy have that? I'm like, oh, because he just like, he had it from the last game. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, it looked good news. We found the Kepe. It was missing. It was missing, yes. They, well, you know, because it had been so long between times that they were giving it to people, but it just went somewhere else. That it um, did. But, but yes, I think Chinny will quickly learn that if the cameraman approaches you and gets very close to your face, you're going to have to say something. So... It is possible. Just keep that good goal next in your... In your back pocket. In your back pocket. Um, All right, so Ellis is your one. Who's your two and three? Shut up! That is not nice that you just... Go ahead. You make me feel like such a homer. Jeremy's not nice, you guys, just so you're all aware. Um... Anyway, so my number three star is my favorite boy with the golden locks, Mr. Adam Boquist. Because, my God. Okay, not only did he have, like, the pretty incredible, like, Elvis assist where he basically palmed that puck out of the, yeah. out of the net for, um, on that hurricane shot. Um, but he started the second period with a like a two minute and thirty seven second shift. Oh, he did, yeah. <laughs> like was he was just out there, could not get off the ice, and literally just like was so out of breath on the bench that the assistant coach could barely talk to him. Um, and then like a minute later, was back out on the ice. Like yeah, Adam Boquist just pushes. And, like, he's, you know, he's one of those defensemen that, as a Blue Jackets fan, you love because he tries really hard to not only be a good defenseman, but also to be a goal scorer Mm -hmm. and is not afraid to take a shot, is not afraid to get in on the nitty gritty and, like, try and get a puck in the back of the net. And he just played, I mean, he didn't really get on the score sheet tonight, but, like, he just really played hard. And Mm -hmm. that's what we need in these situations is is to have players that have the energy and the like focus to play a full 60 minutes. And like, he just, he really did well tonight. So he's going to be my number three. (laughs) I hate you so much. Yeah. Your number two is Igor Chinakov. My number two is Igor Chinakov. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God, you make me sound like so lame. You're Um, not lame. Anyway, so yeah, my number two is Igor Chinnikov. I am very proud of him. I'm just so happy. Like, he is really starting to, I mean, he's been working towards it, but you can really start to see over these last few games, even if we didn't win, he's really been making efforts to make himself more noticeable on the ice. He's drawn a few penalties these last couple of games. Like, he's not afraid to start being more physical, which is good. Um, and like to see him have his first multi-goal night, like it's just so good for such a young player to have those moments and to have, to share those moments too, with another baby player in Cole Sillinger, like 
I mean, the Blue Jackets main account said it right. Like, give it up for the use. Like, <laughs> the use of my best Schmidt impression. Um, but like, this is just the beginning of what we're gonna see from Igor Chinnikov, and it's exciting to see it happen. And again, it's one of those things in these moments when games are not going well or you know, we're not ending up on the right side of, of the scoreboard. Like, look at these moments for players like Chinnikov and Cylinder and, you know, see these things where 10 years down the line when they're, you know, having 40 goal years and being, you know. We're out here making predictions, girl. All, you know, I, I have faith in them. I do too. And, you know, all these sorts of things. Like, you can be like, I saw them when they were first starting out and seeing all these incredible things. And, um, yeah, so he's my number two star. All right, and hey, hey, question. Two- who's your who's your number one star? I um, Something tells me that it might be. so rude. Is he, is he Latvian? Yes. Ah, is it? You're um, just so rude. You make me feel dumb. Is it Elvis Merzlikens? It is Elvis Merz Lincoln. I, I had a hunch. I love goalies. <laughs> and I love him the most. That you do. I mean, in your defense, he he is the first And star he was on fire tonight. Yes. yes. Correct. Like, I wish if it was appropriate, I would say something that you normally say, because that's what he did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. We have to come up with a code name for that, and we have to let people know in on it, because I do feel like we we say it a lot on the show without saying it. Yes, but he did. I mean, to come back from an injury and to just be that confident and ready to go and, like, in the exact moment that... And the team, not the... And again, like... We've had this conversation before about how the team plays in front of either one of them. But, like, tonight, it's just the stars aligned, and he was everything that the team needed, and the team was everything that he needed. And it was just incredible. And I think it was, it might have been yesterday. It might have been yesterday that Elvis had, that was the anniversary of Elvis's first NHL shutout. I'll take your word for it. Is either yesterday or the day before. You're better at this stuff than I am when it comes to those dates and um, stuff. And it just, it, I remember that game so well. Like, I remember that game so well when he got his first shutout because it was in this just miraculous time before COVID and this, like, resurgence of the Blue Jackets after we thought everything was going to go downhill when Corby, you know, got seriously injured against the Blackhawks and you know we did a sort of universal prayer to the hockey gods the Elvis who up until that point had not won a game in net you know just came out and really emerged as the Elvis that we know him to be today which is just this crazy confident sometimes scary to watch because his saves are so ridiculous much like they were tonight um, and he's just such an energy for our team. And, you know, the Blue Jackets put that in writing this summer when they signed him for 
five, technically six more years. And, you know, it, yeah, the future, the future is Elvis. And tonight just proved, proved that. So, yes, he is my number one star. I don't care how much you make fun of me. Well, I hope everybody's getting excited. Our 100th episode is coming up soon. And uh, it actually is just going to be a compilation of Laura or Laura talking about uh, Elvis Merzlikens. It is a three-hour show. So get excited. <laughs> get ready. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fresh. Con- it's like not fresh content. It's content from all 100 episodes. So, so it'll be really great to relive those memories together. Um, the hundred first episodes her talking about Cam Atkinson. That one's gonna be a little bit more sad. So we had to save that one for one hundred one. It's okay. I'm gonna learn how to edit and compile all of your Alexander Texier comments for our one year anniversary next week. I think there will be like seven. Like I didn't start liking him until like four weeks ago. So like, like, like I think you can get it. I'll show you the ropes so that way you can you can get one over on me. But I just want to point out to everyone that this is Jeremy being mean. Because he knows how much pain I've gone through leading up through this season with Cam leaving. I do. I do. So yeah, I probably won't. You as my best friend, you as my best friend, my podcast partner, my business partner, should be happy that I'm learning to love a hockey player again, and that player just so happens to be Elvis Moore's Lincoln. That's true. I am happy for that. And I cannot wait for that to one day hurt you too. Because they usually always do. They usually always do. Hopefully it's like 2029, but like, uh, and hopefully it's been retiring. Hopefully it's that's all it is. But uh, no, yeah. we talked about it in the summer and we're just going to force Yarmo to sign Elvis into a lifelong contract because he's not allowed to leave. Yeah, that's how that works, right? While you were talking about Elvis, I did look something up. The mm. Blue Jackets are undefeated, have not lost a game when Cole Cylinder scores or when Igor Chinikov scores. All right. Interesting little fact there. So, so the babies are lucky. Or or it's just a sign of the times. It's just, you know, when they score. Are we quoting, are we quoting the one and only hairstyles again? <laughs> Not intentionally, but that was good, right? But, yeah, I I think, again, like, you go into – so now we go to Saturday. We look at Saturday. uh, And the Jackets are playing the Florida Panthers, who um, also very good hockey team. (laughs) Uh, Heard that. Heard that, that they were kind of good. Yeah, the rumor on the street is – yeah, they're really good, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a task for the Jackets. Quite frankly, I thought tonight would be too, and and they ended up pulling it off. But yeah, of course, I mean you look at, um, you look at a player like Sergey Bobrovsky, former Blue Jacket, who's really found his footing so far this year, and you look at players like Jonathan Huberto, Alexander Barkov. I mean, it's just like that team is really good. And uh, former Blue Jackets assistant general manager Bill Zito's got them figured out. Now, only if they can figure out how to keep Kodak Black out of the game. Um, um, yeah, I don't need any of that nonsense while we're there. To be fair, to be fair, it, she was just twerking on him. So 
Um, yeah, but that wasn't found out until much later, and also still not appropriate. Still not great. Still probably not the best, but listen. Um, and I know I tend to be, like, more of a prude, but, like, in general, I think most people will tell you that that was not... I mean, yeah, not great. It's not It's not a great look. The NHL deleting the tweet that said, what's up, Kodak? <laughs> Yes, they the NFL definitely did a um that thing you do like when you run into someone you don't want to see like from home. Yeah. Like my example is like you go to the local Walmart and you're like walking down an aisle and you're like, that's someone from high school I don't want to talk to, and you just like turn down the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But nevertheless, uh the blue jackets will go there. You hope to find success. Of course, they were supposed to play again uh, on Tuesday against the Islanders, but that game's postponed uh, until further notice. They rumor Which on the is street weird because the Islanders are currently playing. Yeah, that game got that game got postponed like weeks ago, and it's because of the travel situation for them going back out west to try to like get games in. That they like it's a whole thing like about them like trying to make sure that they can make it work at some point like in their schedule it's weird i don't claim to know all of it entirely but yeah that game got postponed because remember i think i texted you about it like a week ago and i was like game against the islanders is postponed yes because at that point they hadn't really been playing the islanders hadn't played since the first of january right and but they are playing currently, so which makes it extra weird. But it I guess weird. it's nice because the boys get to come home and have like a few days at home before before. Yep. We'll think about it later. We'll think about it later. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before Cam Atkinson gets a hat trick on the twentieth of January. And silence, just radio silence, like no words. I just, I'm just a weird flex for a podcast host, but go <laughs> off. How do you feel about Elvis Mers Leakins? I love him. Okay, great. I thought that might get you talking again. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> but yeah, folks. So this was a fun night for the jackets. Hopefully, you've had fun listening to us ramble. You'll notice that this episode's coming out on Friday, making a little shift to our release schedule from now on. So you can catch us on Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, just kind of from here on out, as opposed to Mondays and Thursdays. We just feel like you should probably like end your week on a high note as you're getting into the office. You're coming off of your lunch break on Friday. You're like, oh my God, how am I going to get through these last four hours? Good answer. Um, Listen to over an hour of insanity. And that's this week. Again, our 100th episode, three hours long. So like, you're going to have a great time <laughs> listening to us on Fridays. And we we love giving it to you. We really do. Um, yes. And before you send it over to me to do all of our plugs and such, big congratulations to Zach Wierenski for being named to the 2022 NHL All-Star Team for the Metropolitan Division. Um, and you know, we will have the opportunity until Monday to vote for Jakob Voracek um, in the last man ballot to try and get a second Blue Jackets. Yeah, we will. Um, on, on to the All-Star team. But very excited for Zach. This is his 
It's his it's his first time being named like outright to the All-Star game. He actually replaced Seth Jones in the 2018 All-Star game, so it's technically his second appearance at an All-Star game. Okay, well this is his this is his first full on but also note that Seth Jones is not on the All-Star team. So Yay, Zach! Yay, Zach. I was actually kind of surprised. I really thought it was going to be Oliver, but nevertheless. No, no, our poll, I put up a poll this morning um, prior to the announcement, and I want to say like 46%. I think it was like 51 when I looked earlier. It was like... Yeah, wanted wanted Oliver. One of these days, the world is going to see the glory that is Oliver Bjorkstrand. I don't really even need them to, though. Like, I'll keep him to us. He can be our little secret. That's fine by me. Um, but yeah, so big up to Zach. He's definitely going to be representing the Columbus Blue Jackets in Vegas the first weekend of February. Um, and, you know, hopefully Jakob Voracek, but there's like a lot of like, there was a lot, there's a lot of people on that list yeah, for the one last player, man. One player from every team, including Cam Atkinson. So I'm proud of you for saying we have until Monday to vote for Jakob Voracek. That's a win. That's a good work. We do have until Monday to to vote for Jakob Voracek. And so, um, but yeah, I think I think Andre Sveshnikov is probably going to be the player that gets voted on from that little group. But we'll see. Also, like I know that he is old, but like the ESPN um, announcers tonight kind of shaded Phil Kessel. <laughs> they were like good oh, old good old Phil, Phil Kessel is on the last man ballot I'm surprised that he didn't get named outright I don't remember who Arizona's pick is I don't remember either but he, they, they probably were don't either um, what are you going to do right it is what it is are you ready for our plugs now that you've said that, I'll give my little shouts out to um, obviously the Jackets not playing in the Olympics. So we, we had so many Jackets that were going to play in the Olympics. Um, we do, however, have one future Blue Jacket that's going to be playing in the Olympics, and that is Ken Johnson, folks. He is going to be Team Canada. Um, so we will be. I'll be donning my little maple leaf. Uh, rooting for Canada uh, while he's there. Also named a nominee for the Hobie Barker Award, which is given out to the best player in NCAA hockey. And also former Blue Jacket Lucas Sedlak also is going to the Olympics, so that's fun. I'll be rooting for Sedzy Cat out there as well. So, you know what? Can't have too many Blue Jackets out there, but at least we're going to have a couple of, of familiar names and faces out there. And that'll be a lot of fun. And also, um, you know, in the same field because of Ohio and Columbus and all this stuff, there will be some current and former players of women's Ohio State hockey that will be joining the U.S. women's Olympic team, which is very exciting um, and always want to support the women who play in this sport because they are such an underutilized resource and really an area in which this sport can grow. Um, So very excited for those girls from Ohio state to go and represent all the things that are great about women's hockey on the world stage. So. Yep. We've got the two former Buckeyes, Natalie Spooner and Emma Maltese, Maltese, 
that's Canada, Maltese. Maltese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, Team USA, Jensi Dunn. You might be familiar with her brother, Josh Dunn. Um, so, yeah, Jensi. Well, monster. But um, <laughs> his contract says blue jacket. Yeah, but I, they're not the ones cutting his check right now. But um, <laughs> so Jensi Dunn will be playing for Team USA. So, uh, defenseman out of. Uh, the Buckeyes program. So we love that. And we also love following us on all of our social media sites. So Laura, take her away. Yes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. Uh, we are on Facebook at subjectively speaking. You can check out our website, subjectively speaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters um, and get yourself some great cold weather gear or anytime gear, really, because we have so many options. You can check out our merch store at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. Also, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We found out this week that not only can you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also rate us on Spotify now. Come on. If you listen to us on Spotify, go over, hit us up with a rating and a review. Um, again, they mean the world to us, um, but they also help us go up um, in the hockey charts, get noticed, and help us build this little hockey community of ours. So we just love and appreciate you all so much. And again, we are really looking to get to 40 star reviews on Apple Podcasts by our one-year anniversary on Monday. Oh, see, I really thought we said by 100 episodes. So y'all really got to put in the work. And we're vain. Or so 100 give us 40 episodes. Reviews. We'll change it. Whichever no, one comes first. Nope. We're, we're, nope. It, it's, by, it's by year one. So y'all better get shit right and get it tight because it's happening soon. I also need you to remind me when it is because if you remember right at the very beginning of us having the show, I accidentally like fucked up the order of everything and so i had to republish episodes and so it says our first episode came out on january 30th which isn't right right no i have a screenshot of when our first episode came out and it was january 17th i thought it was the 17th too but i was like kind of iffy on it so i was unsure but you heard it here first folks you're listening now it'll be three days three days until our our one year of this shit show which i guess this is the last episode before that so that's crazy but Yes, Thanks for being episode, here. Our episode that'll come out on Tuesday will be us celebrating our one year of subjectively speaking. And hopefully celebrating a win over the Panthers. But if not, we'll find other ways to make you smile. <laughs> I don't know. It could be bleak. But that's okay, folks. So we will talk to y'all on the flip. Take care of yourselves. And we will talk soon. Bye.